Do you want to know where you are in your leadership development journey and where to focus your attention in the future to get better results? Well, if the answer is yes, I would like to invite you to take my free world-class leadership assessment today and get an instant score of your current leadership level. By taking this new and fact-based assessment, you will be able to score your current leadership level against the world-class leaders as well as the five core areas of leaderships. Number one, clarity. Number two, personal performance. Number three, leadership presence. Number four, influence. And number five, relationships. Over the years, I've worked with hundreds of professionals around the world and across all industries to help them achieve their leadership goals. So thanks to this work and the data, I have developed a solid assessment that you can take today. Now, the assessment is quick. It will just take five, 10 minutes. So there are 25 questions across the five core areas I described earlier, and you will get an instant feedback and report received in your inbox. So are you ready to know where you are? Take the free assessment today at www.andreapetrone.com assessment. And now it's about time for a new episode. Welcome to the World Class Leaders Show. This is the one and only podcast for ambitious and high achievers, professionals who want to become world-class leaders. In this podcast, we deconstruct the success of high-performance leaders, share their stories, and teach the most effective strategies to move from average to greatness. This is your host, Andrea Petroni, a high-performance and leadership advisor, executive coach, and keynote speaker with more than 20 years of international and executive corporate experience. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the World Class Leadership. Today I want to comment a very interesting article that I came across uh, recently from Harvard Business Review. What really intrigued me was the title of this article that said, How long should a founder remain a CEO? And for me, that is an amazing question because I know many people, they are asking whether a founder should stay as a CEO for longer or at some point actually he should leave or give the opportunity maybe to someone else to become a CEO. And that's normally a kind of a question that becomes relevant when there is a major investment, uh, either from a venture capital or private equity or after, for example, uh, an IPO. So it's a very important question. Now, what I was looking for, I was looking for some interesting data, in fact, that might confirm or challenge, for example, my... Uh, perspective about this interesting topic and uh, most importantly I was looking for a, a direct uh, and strict correlation between the performance of the company and uh, the maturity stage of the CEO so here's the thing I, I had a lot of conversation with founders and CEOs of growing or scaling organizations they realized maybe at some point that there is something else they need to do in order to improve their own personal performance, but also they appreciate that the company is not anymore what it used to be actually when they started the business. So the company is growing, the number of people is increasing, 
and maybe there are different stakeholders. Maybe for the first time there are external uh, shareholders, they're investing money. So I get many calls from CEOs. They are reaching this point and said, and they realize that, okay, I need to do something different. I need to improve my X skills and normally our leadership skills, but also influence and leading team. But most importantly, actually delegating more, the ability to delegate more. So because that's not anymore their own thing, their own baby, right? And I do also know that uh, for some of the founders, leaving this transition from a small startup to a growing scaling organization is uh, it has a big impact on their own personal confidence, but also on their personal leadership presence. So, and I know that many people listening to the show, they are facing this situation right now, and maybe they are looking for answers. Okay, so let's have a look to the, the big findings of this article. So this article was, by the way, written in December 17, 2021, so it's very recent. It was written by, by Bradley Hendricks, Travis Howell, and Christopher Bingham. And uh, what essentially found, in a, in a, is a, in a nutshell, is that uh, there are clearly some pros and cons of being a founder CEOs comparing to an founder CEOs. And uh, it's interesting because it's really related to the phase, the growth phase of the organization. But let me tell you a bit more about So essentially what they found out that founder CEOs have three big advantages. One is they are be, they've been able to drive uh, almost 10% higher company evaluation at IPO stage. So they increase the value of the organization before reaching the IPO, which is very important financially. The second advantage is they've been able to increase the total firm value before, but also during the IPO stage. And as you know, the IPO could take quite a while sometimes. And finally, as a third advantage, they've been really able to build a better relationship with investors and primarily the VCs. That's great. However, on the other hand, their impact rapidly deteriorates after the IPO. In particular, what they found that their value added decreases to zero three years after firms go public and then, then start detracting, actually, from the value of the company in the longer term, which is fascinating. And also, on a negative side, post-IPO business performance is actually lower compared to non-founder CEOs firms. So, it becomes clear that uh, until a certain stage, founder CEOs are able to drive value, to increase value for their organization. But then after the company goes public, then unfortunately the value goes down to the point actually they are detracting value. And what I think is implied by that is their ability to lead the organization to grow at a very different stage when the company is certainly larger, uh, it probably uh, has an international footprint, the number of people working for an organization is much, much, much um, higher so it sounds clear to me that founder CEOs they are uh, not able to perform at their best when the company becomes big or bigger than uh, early stages on the other end though because that's the positive thing uh, 
replacing a CEO at a very early stages before the company goes IPO, for example, go public, it might be actually a mistake. And I know some VCs, but more private equity is they're investing in uh, um, startup at a little bit earlier stages. They they have this tendency, and we I spoke about this in a previous episode to replace the CEOs to with, with someone that they know, that trust. Now that is essentially the big risk because if you do it too early um, of the growth phase of the organization, that might be very risky in terms of performance. So it sounds like the IPO is is a very good threshold for making a decision about keeping or not keeping the founder CEOs. However, which I think uh, is something that founder should consider, which is a sort of good news for me, is although the data suggests that uh, a strategy from a leadership standpoint post-IPO should be directed to a different CEOs, I still believe that if you are a founder, for example, that you can become actually still a highly successful CEO in the long run if you learn few things. So in other words, I don't believe that that is a kind of a black and white thing. I do believe that if the founders understand how they can improve, where they need to improve, and how they become more effective, they can show also to the investor, but also to larger shareholders and stakeholders, they can actually run, as long as they want, of course, their own organization. And uh, so there are a number of examples, by the way, of founders, they stayed as a CEO for longer, uh, even after the company um, went public, and others, they are, you know, they have taken a different path. I mean, I think that the trigger of this article uh, was probably the the fact that, uh, uh, because the the timing is actually uh, right, is the um, Jack Dorsey, founder and former CEO of Twitter, then he left as a CEO, and then we know what's going on now with Musk, but he is one of the most interesting uh, case study of a founder that once the company became so big, then he decided to resign. And again, the only thing is behind his own uh, resignation, we don't know many other things. There could be a personal reason. There could be other reasons going on. So it's not just because, probably it's not because Jack Dorsey is not able or was not able to lead the organization. But it's not the first time that we come across stories like this. So founder CEOs, they leave when the organization go public. However, back to the point I was making before is, I still believe that if you are a founder, you have actually very good chance to stay CEO and keep leading your own organization, but you need to work on a few things. And for me, there are five areas that might be a game changing in this situation. So number one, it's really about the mindset. So I suggest changing your own mindset and really stop thinking about the startup as your own baby. And it does sound easy, but I know it's not because that's something that you created, something that you started. And thinking that now is a different type of organization is not one of the things that sometimes founders accept easily. They still believe that is their own baby that can be managed and led as before. The second thing, and I mentioned briefly before, is thinking to develop new leadership skills that allow you as a founder to drive the company to another level. Now, sometimes 
we don't know. The founders don't know exactly what skills they, they need. They think they know, but they probably don't know until they go through a very good and deep self-awareness uh, uh, process when they realize what they are lacking of. And, and of course, working with a coach could be an idea, a good option to, you know, go a little bit deeper, understand exactly where they need to focus on. However, you know, from experience, when I talk and coach founders, they know where to need to work on. But sometimes, you know, they get busy on the day-to-day on into the operations uh, area and uh, they tend to procrastinate this decision to start working on themselves. The number three idea is think to build a strong executive team that challenges you and brings skills that you don't have. Now, that is a problem for, honestly, for every CEO, thinking that the executive team must be created um, with people they are like them. And that is one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen in organizations at every level. However, for the founders, it's more important because the founders, maybe they don't believe that they need a proper executive team. Maybe they think they need, you know, a, a CEO and maybe a CFOs, but then they stop there. I think it, it's not just the role. It's the importance of having a very diverse team, people that will be able to challenge you. And at some point as well, if you really want to grow in, as an organization and you want to step down, not as a CEO, but being less hands-on, so you know, being involved in everything that is happening in the business, you need to rely and trust your own team. And sometimes founders, they are not there, no 100%. Maybe lack of trust. Maybe it's the fact that they're still believing that is their baby. They don't do that. So start really building the team with with the idea of building essentially your right end, because that's the team is going to lead the organization. And you need to have a different role. You need to understand that. Four, which is related to the third element, is delegate intentionally and extensively without stepping into operations. And I know it's challenging, it's difficult because you used to do it before, but until the point that you finally understand that it's a time to to leave, you know, operations to other people, you will, by the way, feel better and you finally will start thinking more about the business, the future, your role, and, and that's critical. And finally, set specific KPIs to make yourself and others accountable for the results. Because now you're building a team, now you're delegating, but it's not enough. In order to make sure that uh, things go in as expected, and you also feel more confident and comfortable of leaving essentially the day-to-day to other people, the only way to do it is not just delegating, but delegating in a way that it's easy then to measure in results. And the best way is set specific KPIs. And I know sometimes for founders, that is difficult because maybe they're good on setting KPIs for the business, how many products, how many sales, all that stuff, but they really struggle on setting KPIs on people. So that is a really, really strong suggestion I would like to give. So essentially, these are the five things that hopefully they give you more confidence of thinking about you as a founder, um, as a potential long-term CEO. And uh, if you love that, if you want to become a great CEO, it's just a matter of working on yourself, understanding the five things. And then, of course, there are many other elements because when you grow a business, then you're going to introduce other 
challenging areas like transforming your organization, leading change, building your culture, expanding internationally. So it gets more complicated, right? But these five points, they will be the ground rules essentially for turning yourself from just a founder to a great CEO. And again, my final message is very simple. You know, no one is born knowing how to be a CEO. Every CEO has started somewhere. So you aren't born knowing how to be a CEO. It's a learning curve, but you want to be willing to learn it. Okay. All right. So I hope that what I shared makes sense. I think it's a very fascinating uh, conversation. And to be fair, it's not just for, for founders. I think... Uh, he has a broader impact on how we see the CEOs, what they need to do and what they need to work on it. Uh, however, as this is a very interesting topic, I really would like to hear from you and understanding what you think about this. So please send me any comments either uh, on LinkedIn or you can send me via email at andrea at andreapetroni.com. You can find any way these links on the show notes and um, and by the way if you like what we shared i strongly recommend that you to leave a review because you know as a podcaster we live with reviews so the only way for our episode and our podcast to grow is by having positive reviews so i appreciate that and also sharing with your friends and colleagues if you think they might be interested in final note I normally um, summarize the findings of each episode, even the ones with the guests, uh, on my website. And I write every Thursday a very interesting uh, short summary about what we share. So if you don't want to miss that and you prefer uh, reading, I strongly recommend going to my website, www.andreapetrone.com blog. You can subscribe there. I'm not sending any sales thing. It's just big, good insights of my experience with the podcast and my work with clients so thank you so much for listening to this episode and i look forward to seeing you next time